Hello, and welcome to Gamer's Table, a podcast discussion of tabletop role-playing games, war games, movies, books, and various other game-related topics. Be warned, this show contains explicit material that may not be suitable for all audiences. Hello, and welcome to Gamer's Table. My name is Eric. This is Mike. This is Dan. This is Jason. This is Mark. Hello, this is Sean. This week, we're going to talk about a game that all of us, well, I know, I think most of us love. I wouldn't necessarily speak I'd for I think used to love. Used to love. <laughs> still love. <laughs> still love. It's kind of love-hate. And we're talking about Shadowrun. I still love 3rd Edition. How about that? Yeah, okay. Shadowrun. Mostly, it's a game that it all started out as an alternative to D&D for us, yeah. and then turned into something that we would uh, play on special occasions and, and whatnot. It was never really a, a long-going, uh, consecutive campaign. I would just, I'd crack it out if we were just like, you know... We're ready to do something different. Let's crack out some Shadowrun. Or, or if we yeah. had an entire night and we just want a game all the way through the night. All-nighters. Yeah, all-night Shadowrun. I don't all ever remember doing an all-night D&D, but I remember it's, several all-night Shadowruns. It had been done in the past. So to give a little bit of a background, uh, we've been playing Shadowrun since the first edition. When was that exactly? Uh, 1989. 88 or 89 was when uh, the first edition Shadowrun came out. You've been playing it since high school? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Shadowrun was my first introduction to role-playing games. Uh, Buddy went in junior high. His mom wouldn't let him buy D&D books, so they let him buy these other things, and that was Shadowrun. <laughs> so he got around the uh, the fundamentalism <laughs> exactly. by playing Shadowrun. Because so. Shadowrun, to me, is just as weird as D&D is as far it's as not weirder. Yeah. Uh, well, it also... Yeah. But it doesn't have that yeah, brand but, attached to it. That's yeah, the, the parents here. D&D, oh my God. Exactly. I suppose <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't Amish. No, no, not that yeah. I know of. They were, they were Dutch Mennonite. So yeah, we started playing it. We didn't play it a whole lot in high school. It was like the end, near the end of high school, we started... Uh, Who introduced Shadowrun to our group? I bought it first. Was that you? Yeah, I got the first edition hardback book covered by Larry Elmore. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why I bought it was because the artwork was, like, was awesome. Yeah, I was like, "What is this book?" And it's like it was you know the guys were shooting around a corner. Right. There's a car pulling up, and the decker was getting ready to plug into the deck. I yeah. remember that cover. Yeah, and I remember looking and go, "Hey, that's Larry Elmore," and saying, "Well, what is this game? I don't. I've never. I'd never heard of anything like it." And then I started reading it, and the first one of the first references that they make is to get more into the feeling of what this game is about. Watch Blade Runner. Right. And as soon as I read that, I was like, okay, yeah, that, I get it. I completely get it. We played it a couple of times. I didn't really understand the system because at the time, and it still is, very, very different from D&D. And we've had a, a D&D-centric or mindset for the longest time when it came to uh, how to play a game. Any kind of uh, uh, multiple dice pools and things like that, it was very foreign to us. So, so it was especially hard for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> All D6s. Yeah, and so yeah. I was. I ran it a little bit at the end of high school, but for the most part, we only played it maybe once or twice. I really started running it. It was when I was in the army, stationed in Germany. I would run it for the guys in the barracks, and anybody. I know there's probably some listeners out there who. Oh, I know that there are a couple listeners that are in the military. Gaming with military guys is completely different. They think in more tactical terms and things like that. So it was interesting to me to run a game like that as opposed to D&D because running D&D with those guys was it was okay but I think it was a lot more fun to run Shadowrun and the two main characters that I took away from that first edition Shadowrun were Beast and Frey. Those were the two characters that I took away. PCs that I turned into NPCs later. Moving ahead to second edition that's when I started running for most of the guys here and that uh, that campaign consisted of Cleaner, Crow, Spicoli, Cowboy. I think that was when you played a couple a of characters. A various handful. handful of characters. That's that whenever time. I kind of got to come in and out of things. 
that's when I really started running. When I was going to school at uh, SIUE, I was living there. I was running Shadowrun a lot. Sean and Brian ended up sleeping on our floor for months at a time. Did they, did they do housework for uh, rent? I think. Uh, yeah, there was housework done for rent, uh, or just you know to stay and, and hang out and, and play Shadowrun. That was like our main yeah, thing for to a while, do. That's all I did. That's better than sexual favors, cousin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that all depends. Depends on who, who's giving and who's receiving and how embarrassing the act might be. That's yeah. A good point. So that that campaign actually went for a, a long time. And people got really attached to their characters at that point too. And we've—it's been well documented that uh, Jason feels like Cowboy got screwed over, which he do. Yeah. Um, ooh, okay. <laughs> All right. I think that I really think Cowboy might be the first guy ever made for Shadowrun. Yeah. It, it may have been. I mean, I don't remember what we did in high school at all. So, uh, just to you know, finish up with the the history report of how of our history of Shadowrun. We then once third edition came out is when I started running it for the guys on our Monday game, and you know those those characters uh, we're talking about Ratchet. Yep, Ratchet. Third edition. That was the Ratchet uh, Fuzz Hazard. Yeah, Ratchet uh, Fuzz Hazard Satin Twinkles. Uh, JJ Magnet. Sparkles. 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 Mm-hmm. JJ CeeLo Delicious. CeeLo Delicious was not Shadowrun. <laughs> really? That was Star Wars. CeeLo right. and her yeah, was um, Shadowrun. Sorry, Ian. Was Star Ian Wars. had a Shadowrun character that was along the same lines, though. Which it was, was something weird. A pimp. Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> but yeah, so that was, that was the third edition. So that's the history report. Each one of the campaigns, it was the Germany campaign ended because, I, of course, I got out of the army. But then second edition campaign ended with a bang. Most of you may not remember, but it was an adventure that I came up with where the final run actually was the cleaner and Spicoli were given a job to find the source of this new illness. It was sort of like the Black Shakes. I know that's where I got the, got the inspiration for it. But the way it boiled down was anybody without Delta-grade cyberware were dying of this like flesh-eating disease. And the, the person who had the cyberware that had the protein strain that you know, kept them from getting it was Beast. So everybody was hunting Beast, and he ended up in the back of the cleaner's car and was like, you guys got to help me. I'll give you a million new yen if you do it. And it was one of those jobs where it's like, this is the Big Bang. We're going to end it on a Big Bang, and we never played those characters again. I remember retiring Spigoli. Oh, it was a sad day. So, And then the <laughs> end, uh, we've mentioned it before, uh, it was uh, has to be. It, I've always mispronounced the name. It's actually Hestaby, which is the feathered serpent in Northern California. Um, How did you pronounce it before? Hestaby. Oh, it's okay. Hestaby. Uh, Hestaby put everybody on a psychic quest, and <laughs> at the very end, they were supposed, deck mission. They were supposed to give the item to Hestaby, and uh, one of the players betrayed the whole group and gave it to Loafweir, and Hestaby ate the whole group. That was the end of that third edition group. Oh, yes. Uh, I was the only yes. survivor of that one. Yes. And uh, I just found this out today, or at least I remember. I don't know. Fuzz survived. He had retired beforehand. That doesn't count. Doing. Uh, uh, I wasn't here for the uh, character retirement uh, podcast, <laughs> so I didn't get to talk about Fuzz retiring. But um, I looked it up today, and I the name of that adventure, it was actually a book adventure. It wasn't something that was made up on my own. It was a book adventure called Survival of the Fittest, written by Stephen hmm. Kinson. Oh. That guy has his fingers in everything that's good. Yeah, so that adventure, so you can blame me and, or the player of the character who betrayed everybody. Woodside. And you can also blame Steve Kinson for all your character's death. So, but anyway, that's right. enough of the history report. I don't know, I have, I have my own edition. Just, uh, you know, it's like before I ever... You also have your own podcast, so... Sure. That's right, <laughs> yes, but that's, that's a sketch comedy podcast. 
I'm just giving you bullshit about uh, Shadowrun on my podcast. Ooh, it's bullshit, is it? Yes, it is bullshit. Ooh. When you talk, it's bullshit. Cut. Begin here. Now. No, this is the good stuff. Oh, okay. This is the fluff, Dan. Well, that will remain to be seen. Right. Mark <laughs> is the fluffer. Uh, Indeed. Ooh. Jay wanted to try to play Shadowrun. We heard of it, and he came over with the uh, the second edition book, and we were flipping through it. And uh, by the time I got, so I didn't understand any of the damage codes or what right. they meant. Right. And by the time I got to magic, I, was, I put the book down, and it, it stayed on the bar in Quito's basement for quite a while, and were, we never touched it again. Were you supposed to run it? No, uh, Jay was going to run it. Oh, okay. And the rest okay. of us, we, we had no idea what the fuck to do with it. Right. Well, it's always easier to learn a game if somebody shows you how to do it. So. Right. Um, so then, yeah, that's when we started playing. It was a few years later after that that I started running it at the yeah. at Twilight Comics. So, um, so well, that is now the history. Like I said, the history aside, let's just talk about the game itself. Uh, first edition Shadowrun. Um, like I said, a lot of a lot of you guys don't have a whole lot of experience with it. Yeah, so Mike, I Jason, aware and I it, but... played it, uh, but it was it was very the combat system was very cumbersome. Yeah, it, um, there was a they, <laughs> that's they, one of the nicest way you could see. Yeah, it. well, it's one of the things where you know because I'm not big a fan of addition changes, but that was one that really needed to happen, right? Because right. I agree, they they smoothed out the edges a lot, right? And it made combat actually. I mean, combat was tough uh, running it because each weapon had its own damage code. That I mean, was the hardest part. And to get yeah, it's like okay, I need I need four successes to downgrade this weapon, but I only need three successes. But to it was more than this that. one. This weapon, I need three successes at a three, but this other one, I might need two at a six. Right, and right. Yeah. So yeah, trying to figure out that shit was kind of tough. Well, no wonder I didn't. I don't remember playing it. Yeah, it was really <laughs> tough. I, I probably just went what algebra. I, what, what do I do now? How many dice do I roll? What am I doing? <laughs> what do I need to do now? The uh, changes in the damage codes though led to a much deadlier third edition game when everything required uh, two successes yeah, yeah. to I stage agree. up well they, uh, there was also that uh, eric was using that uh, optional hit location rule yeah that was yeah. that was rough yeah in third edition i i co-opted a uh, a third edition uh a, uh something from the internet that i found which was a hit location chart which really screwed up a lot of things because you had to keep track of what was covered by armor and all that stuff we're exploding sixes Part of the game, or yeah. Was they, that a they had always oh, yeah. no. They had always been a, a part of it from first edition. From first edition right. on, I think that uh, they kind of went away from all that. As you know, so I don't think the current edition ex- six is exploded. Yeah, the current uh, edition, I don't like. Uh, I yeah, remember. the current edition is is. Uh, but you have Wolf Light. But we but we you haven't played it, right? I well, mean, played truthfully, it. yeah, we yeah, played, played it. it. Yeah. We've played it. Well, not like a full campaign. The biggest, but I think even I've played it. I think yeah, we played it at the con. I had one character that I actually really liked. We played it at the shop, didn't we? What? No, we did play it at the con. Yeah, we yeah, played it at right, the con right. from the guy. The guy who uh, he was one of their like top notch GMs ran yes, for us. He was dressed as a uh, a dock wagon right. pilot, right? right. And, and cool. from from that, I mean, I've I've read through the rule book. I, I didn't see a whole lot different. Yeah, well, it's the, the, the thing I didn't like about the newest edition is mm-hmm. they've changed some of the culture of the game in so much as they've removed one of the to me one of the best classes in. Well, not maybe. Not really removed. Removed. I think they combined. You talk about rigor. Yeah, they combined yes. deckers and riggers. Combined digger, uh, mm. yeah, uh, decker and rigger and turned it lame. into hacker, which right. can be used for either way. It's more of a generic class that you can specialize in certain things. Right. So, which I, I, th- I think is bullshit. If just because you can uh, swap out motherboards on a computer, that doesn't mean you could rig up a car. Yeah, I think that was. Uh, and vice versa. I think that was one of the upgrades that I des- I don't necessarily like. I mean, but. I, I can live with it. It's not well, that big of a deal. My, my first experience playing a rigger was as a vehicle hacker in 4th edition, and I actually really liked that character, the driver. 
Yeah. He was the guy with the souped-up limousine. Right. To me, the most interesting thing about, about the overall arc of Shadowrun is you look, okay, so I was in junior high when first edition came out. Hard science fiction that we have in real time surpassed in some ways. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Right. It, yeah. That, that just boggles the, my mind. The smartphones, iPads. Wireless yeah. internet. Wireless cybernetics. Yes. Yeah. Cybernetics to a certain degree. Yeah. And that's one, of the, I, that's one of the reasons why they made 4th edition. Right. Well, yeah. and I'm going to go a step further and think, mm-hmm. okay, the things that we've put in 4th edition right now, are we going to surpass those in another 20 years? I would probably yeah, say yes. If Panasonic sure. gets their whole uh, glasses-less uh, 3D mm-hmm. TV put together, that's almost watching the trid, man. Yes. So anyway, but yes, the Shadowrun was based in a lot of the early 80s, mid 80s cyberpunk movement in science fiction, you know, so William Gibson and whatnot. William Gibson. um, Well, it was steeped in Seattle culture at the time. That was that was like the beginning of the dynasty that is Microsoft and, you know, the the rise of technology as we know it. Grunge. Right. Right. Uh, Grunge. Grunge. Let's let's go into more of a what do we like? What do you like about Shadowrun? What's appealing let's, about let's, it? Let's round table it. Cool, Mike. Well, I can talk about what I don't like about Shadowrun. That's, that's, that's not what we asked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like for the first thing <laughs> being it's not Dungeons and Dragons. The second thing being it's not Greyhawk. <laughs> no, uh, Shadowrun is actually the uh, a long time that was the only game I actually played. When we weren't playing my Greyhawk campaign, that's when we were playing Shadowrun. For me, uh, Shadowrun was all guns. Facemen, cyberware. And plain chicks. Well, yeah, that's actually where uh, the cross-gender playing started. Uh, Gender bending. mm -hmm. But, yeah, no, magic is the only thing I didn't really uh, key on. I felt it uh, took away from the cyberpunk feel. See, it didn't really bother me too much because I never really thought, at least as far as PCs went, that the magic got too overpowering. And that's, that's because we never really understood the, the rules and nobody really ever played. I think I had uh, the longest running mage and he's yeah. completely forgettable and short lived. Right. It was, it, we could have completely taken the magic aspect out of it and we would have still played and still had fun. Would, because that, would that have made orcs and ogres and fairies and dragons kind of weird in a, that kind of setting? Though? No, because they'd just be weird transhumans. Our only magic-related characters that were memorable were the adepts. I, I think that it was the way we played Shadowrun was we didn't play it with mages and like an integrated group. It was always you were a physical adept, or you were a face man, or you were a street Sam, or you were a decker or a rigger or something like that. Decking and magic was always kind of put off to the sides. Yeah, because it was a game in a game. Yeah, you'd, exactly. You spend half the game on the doing the decking portion of the run and then right. you know, in the middle of the run your mage decides to cast a spell and you have to go spend 45 minutes on that. Right, figure or or God forbid they go astral or something like that. Go astral or or, or the decker would try and go in and do something. Right. Yeah, it, there was no seamless integration between the two until 4th edition. That's one thing the 4th edition did pretty well, I agree. Well, yeah, the, the astral part's a good idea because uh, I felt it was too easy. You know, a lot of us crafted characters who were sneaky or technically sophisticated, and then you could just have one astral guy go off and do it all. Yeah, right, sneak so up and find out all of it. You know, it just took away from the fun. Well, you know, that's that's where you you know a, a good astral ward would have you know would have knocked a ad or a, an astral 
mage in the balls, and you wouldn't be able to check it out. So you still got to have your sneaky guy go in at which, that point. I which think, happened a lot. Yeah, you right. see, and then playing see, an astral that guy begs a whole other thing. You can't really have a sneaky guy in a future that has super awesome security. So you need the Decker that we never played. You know, right. We, right. we omitted a lot of peripheral I, I, things to the make only, it convenient. Yeah, the only Decker I remember anybody ever playing was Greg. Did anybody ever? A lot of our decking was NPC'd. I think. Yeah, we was hired it out. Right. Yeah. Which makes perfect sense. The Decker. The, the Decker in. The Decker in, in Shadowrun is like the healer. The healer in D anD. d Yeah, true. <laughs> you know, nobody wants to do it. But nobody the healer in Shadowrun was the was the magician. Was the healer for D anD. Right. We always went to NPCs for healing too. Yeah. Yeah. Street docs. And, and yeah. I think well, it was because, because the, the mage had usually burned himself out by the end of the run. See, that's why well, I by tried the time to you had to run away. I tried to circumvent the, our problem with the rules by just making a surgeon. Who you fucking shot in the head? That's what you get for circumventing the rules. That's that's what you get for poking your head out of a fucking sunroof when there's a sniper around. Yeah, Dan. Know details. your place. Details. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a misnomer. There's always a sniper around when Eric's running fucking Shadowrun. It's just waiting for another sniper to show yeah, up. Yeah, usually snipers only shoot at other snipers. It's like the code. Eric has two rules. <laughs> or, uh, snipers and dudes in vehicles, because he popped Tallulah in the face when he was driving that, uh, that's that GTO or whatever That's because he fucking annoyed me. Mm-hmm. Eric has two rules. One, there's always a sniper, and two, if you bring in a Panther assault cannon, They'll I'm gonna have. I'm gonna bring two. Yeah. yeah well, that was that was a, a because yeah, I didn't want one. There ever. was way <laughs> too, it was it was too accessible. Yes, it's a military grade thing, but you get a face man topping up shit, you know, enough shit that he could do it. You all of a sudden you've got a fucking Panther, Panther assault, assault cannon, cannon. vindicator, mini gun, right? <laughs> and then it's like all of a sudden I throw out bad guys, and you know they're wasted day one, and then it's like, well, okay, then I'm just gonna have to start just up in the game, and all right, you gonna bring your Panther? Okay, here you go. Two of them. Face it. Yeah, he always asks before you go in, so what are you bringing? Uh, nothing. <laughs> a sword. Yeah. Those Panther assault cans were pointless, though. In the uh, older editions, it was all about high initiative mm-hmm. and like burst Multiple fire attacks. guns. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did tweak. The other editions did tweak the initiatives. To in some ways, the, where they didn't make much sense. Whereas, you know, if you had uh, what is like Firewire 3 or whatever. Move by wire. Move by wire. And, you know, you, you roll initiative and then everybody would go in their initiative and then your other four actions would happen at the end of the round. Well, the, the, and they did that on purpose because in first edition. Even it makes no logical sense. But in first edition. The cleaner comes in, wipes everybody out well, before they it have was, an action. It was, it, and it, it started even before the cleaner. The uh, beast was exactly like it. He would roll 60s or 70s on initiative. And then would get like seven actions before anybody moved. All yeah. they had to do to fix that is just initiative doesn't explode. Yeah. They went a little far. So it was, it, it, they it ended up making it so you could, you do your initial move and then you have to wait for everybody to go on their first action and then you continue to go. I think it makes it much more of an even game. Otherwise, well, Mikey brought it up before, you playing Crow, who had l- very little cyberware, going in with the cleaner and Spicoli, walk in the room, cleaner Spicoli, go, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Everybody's dead, and then except for the one guy, and you're like, "Well, I'm, they just shot all those guys, so I'm just going to stab that dude with a knife." Yeah, that's all I used usually was a knife, and it was uh, free karma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, karma point. Thank you. <laughs> was it was a third edition where they had the initiative passes that went up by tens? Yeah, that one I liked. That made more sense to me. So, Mike, that's two you don't likes. What do you like? 
Well, I mentioned a lot of the stuff I liked. I said I liked the guns. All right. The social skills a lot. Yeah, up until the, that point, uh, we never really yeah. used social skills. Cause, I, I mean, Shadowrun really encourages that sort of thing. I was going to say, yeah. I remember coming in and out of games, your D&D game changed after playing Shadowrun because yeah. diplomacy became the skill. Right, yep. And that just goes to show you that somebody who can talk their way out of something is going to get a lot more done than somebody who's just going to beat shit up. Well, not only that, but you needed the social skills in Shadowrun to get more pay. Right. Get the uh, equipment you needed just to do the job. Right. And then you need the social skills for the after run right. parties. Getting right. laid when you yeah. when you survived. <laughs> yes. That was also an aspect of Shadowrun that uh, going clubbing. We would the after stuff. See, I'll, I'll usher that in. That's that's probably my favorite. To me, the actual run was pointless. It was just a means to an end to get to the stuff that we did afterwards. Right. And that was that's, that's I, where the real character development mm, came well, in. Well, yeah, this, you know, you'd go on the run just so you could you know raise your karma and maybe gain a little bit more notoriety. So when you showed up at Dante's, more people would know you. Right. It's about getting. It's about, right. It definitely wasn't me, for the money. And you got yeah. to go to a mm-hmm. more exclusive level of Dante's. Right. right. Yeah. It was like yeah. you know you high school. Basement. You know, yes. you get to hang out with the cool kids. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I. I, the way I did Dante's was, yes, there was a centralized elevator, and the cooler you were, the lower you went in Dante's. And yeah. there was the, gla- the the two-way window, or two-way mirror, glass floor, that you could look up at people from a, from a floor down. Yeah, you and could they, bring somebody down. Oh, I like the fact that you could level. challenge people, and if you could kick his ass, I did that one night. I made a guy specifically <laughs> to beat ass to go all the way through in one night. Yeah. And in the end, I had to beat the cleaner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like the cleaner was just hanging out at the yeah. ninth level, just waiting for you yeah and yeah i remember because i knew the inevitable end it was a hand it was a fist fight so i knew i was gonna win <laughs> but yeah that's that was something that i none of that was ever scripted none of the after stuff was ever scripted that's just us it was just us, hang, us. hanging out yeah. and just hey let's do some let, let's do this cool thing or i'm what are you gonna do i'm gonna go to dante's and you know let's go see who's down on level seven you know let's go in and and pick out some fucking dweeb and take him down to nine you know <laughs> so the other thing I like, and I don't know, we, we, we see a lot of fusion now. I mean, the, the first one that comes to mind, of course, is steampunk, is these fusion of two different... Diesel two punk. Different, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, the, splinter, the splinter section. But no, to me, Shadowrun was one of the first fusions. It was fantasy and science fiction right. melded Some together. Some people don't like that. You know, if they don't like Star Wars, then they don't like that, then fuck them. Yeah, but I think it, it breathes some, some freshness into into what is already maybe a tired genre to me, which is which is fantasy. So they added some, some science fiction into it, because I, I love the, the, the first section of the first edition book that tells the backstory right. about, uh, what was it, the, it was the ghost dance or the rain dance? Ghost right. dance. Right. The ghost dance that ushered in the, this, the cataclysm that... Daniel Howling Coyote. Yes, yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, it's that intro is, to me, is still one of the best intros to any role-playing game setting. All you needed was that, and you were done. The, the editions also changed, and I remember in the first edition, and in the second edition, too, the Indian culture was very big whereas yeah. the Indian like third and fourth edition it was it's kind of taken a backseat yeah, yeah. it's non-existent um, because I think they wanted to appeal to more when know, Eric says Indian he means Native American uh, yeah you guys are kind of stepping on my toes that's what I was going to talk about yeah I thought to myself what is Jason going to say but that's what you liked about it <laughs> and I'll reiterate that that is one thing that I could I could pick up the book today and read the history of that world and I, and I, I could sit down and read that and just get right into it and think oh man that's so cool and I was thinking about it I, I was on vacation a couple weeks ago. I went to Yellowstone National Park, and I was actually thinking about Shadowrun while I'm driving around You're the thinking park. about the map of how everything's broke up? Well, that's, that's one thing I was thinking about. But the other thing I thought of was the way that D- Daniel Howling Coyote was able to get what he wanted 
was because he made uh, Mount Shasta and I think Mount St. Helens and a couple other volcanoes oh, ex- yeah, explode. Uh, yeah, they had them erupt. And they never said it in the book, but in my own version of the of the world, the real reason the governments gave in to him and let him have what he wanted was because if he could make those volcanoes explode, he could make Mount he could make uh-huh. not Mount Yellowstone, he could make Yellowstone explode. Yeah, the, the Yellowstone and it's one Colorado. giant volcano. It's a super volcano. And it would effectively destroy most the of world. North America. Definitely yeah, Seattle. No, actually the West Coast would probably oh, be okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the opposite uh, The way I've heard that's a world killing volcano right yeah, there. It, it would it would really screw shit up on this planet. But and you know, so I'm driving around the park and I'm going, Yeah, that's that's why they let him do it so <laughs> you're re you're yeah. reading between the lines you're to- totally fantasizing <laughs> you're harry turtle doving sugar shadow run <laughs> so that was one thing i liked about it was that they they kind of gave native americans who are a very very small minority in this country gave them a huge part of the yeah they had part of the they game. had two full uh source books was it just two i was thinking it was more than that mm, I, as I, recall, I know i had one two. I know I had one of them, too. The art of the uh, Shadowrun was books were heavily Indian. Very, very, very Northwest influenced. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, with total poles. The, by the Salish Shi. Like yeah. Not Shi, she, the Salish. She's yeah. uh, elves. But, uh, <laughs> them, too. Them, too. But, and there's the other thing I liked was uh, when the when those other source books came out, I loved reading about Europe and Ireland. And, right. Yeah, because Ireland you know, had its own. Right. Um, and then Germany, of course, had its own. Uh, London had its own. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago, uh, yeah, that was the Bug Central. Yeah, which kind of leads me kind of around to the last campaign that I remember playing Shadowrun. Mike was running it, mm-hmm. and it was located in St. Louis, Missouri. Right. It was our hometown. And yeah, we I got in on that a little bit. And I think that was about the time Brian passed away. I think, I think we, I think we quit right. as soon as Brian passed away. Right. But I think we were we were making up. I remember sitting down, and I wrote like yeah, we two were, or three pages worth of stuff just about sports teams. We were Shadowrunizing right. the St. Louis area. Right. Right. Well, yeah, we were turning out. We were essentially making a source book for our home city yeah our stomping grounds i enjoyed it mike i thought it was fun mark uh, what do you like about shadowrun here we go <laughs> i i enjoy the setting i i like the uh the whole uh the nightclubs and the cyberware and basically being able to play dungeons and dragons in a near future setting that, that's that's yeah. i find enjoyable yeah i always felt that way too yeah. uh, it was it was like okay it's kind of a dungeons and dragons but yet you could always throw in real world shit you know or something that's kind of similar it's like you can drive you know your your dodge scoot down <laughs> the main drag and you know the redmond barons listening to van halen and nobody bats an eyelash right it's like listening to oldies right it's classic rock i also enjoy the the, the real world cultures that you can bring in to the game and that that also already exists in the game it's like you know if you've been studying eastern philosophy in college you can bring what you've learned about shintoism in japan to your you know japanese physical adept and it oh, sure. works it perfectly because it's actually earth you know it's not o earth or Faerun or something that's totally made up by other people earth i think that you could it you really could put whatever put your own brand onto it and you know you could be from anywhere that's and and you could explain pretty much anything through magic or cyberware or whatever. I was I always wanted to make an Irish Catholic priest who could cast spells. I thought that would be pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and you, and you can do that. Yeah. yeah, didn't you do that? You, that that's that, the character you played when we played Buffy at Gen Con the other year. Mm. Almost like Boondock yeah. Saints, but a priest magical. who was like some kind of magic monster. <laughs> don't you remember? No, I don't remember that at all, dude. It's me. I don't remember shit. All right, well, so Sean, um, Shadowrun for you is you said it was your first. It's uh, probably my uh, favorite of all role-playing games probably because it's more military i like 
you were talking earlier, you touched on it about how guys in the military play totally different. Right. Well, it's like I can think back of what I used to do in the military, and I used to try to play that way, you know, with my characters and stuff. Granted, they had a little twist, but <laughs> they get a little crazy <laughs> once in a while. But yeah, um, it's like real world stuff. You know, I can actually see myself doing the things my character was doing you know it's not so much of a stretch you can no actually, yeah i well, can that, actually see that myself touches on and what i i'd forgot to say is Shadowrun to me feels like you're playing an action movie yeah and that yeah. That, yeah. that goes yeah. with exactly what you're that. saying yeah, yeah. it's yeah. uh right you can see yeah you can actually see your characters doing what yeah. you're actually doing you know it's like it's, you, you're you are the john yeah. Wu flick and you know, you know the whole guns i love guns <laughs> I just guns yeah. are great. Yeah, I I think for me the thing I liked the most about Shadowrun and still do is at at the time when with for, when we first started playing it, it was so different from D anD D because I'd never played anything nearly as brutal as Shadowrun oh, at no. the time. Now, of course, there I know knowing now there are games that were around back then that were just as brutal if not worse but for me it was like this is totally not D. &D. it's you know it it's brutal and 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 nasty and you know you could you, you, there's a fear of death and yeah. D, D, you get to a certain level there's not big fear of death in D, &D you're at uh, full capability right. until you're down to the last hit point right right exactly right. Like shadow run that wasn't condition the first monitor, for me yeah. yeah the condition monitor that wasn't new to me at all because we had that when we played were werewolf and, and vampire so uh, I, think, I was used to it yeah i, I like that i like the uh well like i said before as soon as they said blade runner i was hooked i, I yeah. knew exactly what i needed to do as the game has gone on uh there's been other aspects of popular culture that we look at and we go that shadow run that's for what i thought whenever i saw the trailer yeah. for the first matrix movie yeah. exactly. i thought they were Johnny i thought Mnemonic. they were making right up until they show the title it was like matrix yeah. Ooh, well exactly. it's got to be shadow run that's right. what they call the internet in, in right. shadow run <laughs> right and then of course we've, we've talked about it before the part where he walks in and just wastes all the people in the hallway and it's yeah. like that's a that's a dude with wired reflexes you know that's right. that's shadow run right there they look it they're acting it they just might as well have just called it that uh, unfortunately sean did just mentioned Johnny Mnemonic, which well, I, I really enjoyed when it came out. And which he uh, because he there's like love in his voice. It's obvious he has not seen it in the last ten right. years. <laughs> uh, I have the DVD upstairs. Oh, I, don't watch it. I watch it very. Oh often. god! Oh my god! So apparently it still holds up for Sean. Yes, <laughs> I, I like that movie. On the <laughs> I'll still watch it too. I no, still, I, 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 I would probably it. still enjoy it. And that's watching because it. it's William Gibson. I, I'm, uh, I'm not a snob like Dan. <laughs> Come on, they're samurais. <laughs> Exactly. One of my favorite weapons. Yep. Yeah, that's that's another one that was in that same as the the Panther Salt Panther Salt. Actually, Canyon. the way I remember that was you had no problem giving people it because you knew they were just as likely to kill themselves <laughs> as they were anybody else. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. You want a mono whip? Free. <laughs> Free. Go ahead. Have two. All of this talk has mm -hmm. done nothing but make me think. Well, maybe you guys should uh, get Fourth Edition a chance. Oh well, and, and it's you not, know, it you doesn't know, just apply to D and D. Dun, dun, dun. To, oh, to kind of wrap this up. <laughs> to kind of wrap this up. Doing the research, I did two pages worth of research of stuff that I didn't even mention. In doing this and looking up all the old names and all the old adventures and stuff like that, I've decided that I will run Shadowrun Fourth Edition, and, <sighs> I'm, and I'm going to run it here. I think uh, Sean just made a mess in his pants. Uh, <laughs> Good thing this is audio. <laughs> 
Only I wouldn't see my most. boner. <laughs> so I've already got my the idea for my next Shadowrun character in my head. I so do too. I, I want exactly I want, what I'm making, but I want pre-generated characters. If Eric's got a story mm. in mind, I want pre-gen. Oh, as long as I can make no, pre-gen, I'm making my own goddamn character. Pre, pre, no, then you don't get to play. Pre-gens won't last very long. Then you what? end up making your character. You mean I can't make? No, you I just can't make, make them my guy's right, background. Eric, sure. Pre-gen oh. me the character that I want to play. Well, you can fill out your character anything <laughs> any way you want to. But uh, I'm making a pirate. I you. you we, we've already discussed. You've already played that character. I'm doing it again. <laughs> is his name Captain Stabbin? No, it's Alan Tudyk. Oh. Yes. Yes, you played that exact character gonna, last time. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Let's all Fucking play characters <laughs> that we had die early deaths. Uh, that means I've got a, I, I can make the mage named Creep that died after no, half an hour. I, I've been pretty I, fortunate. I played the pirate guy one time on a Monday night down at the shop. Hey, you're preaching to the choir here. So. I can't think of a lot of characters in Shadowrun, though, of mine that died early. I only recall two of yours. Huggy Bear there was Huggy Spigoli. Bear and Spigoli. Yeah. And and it wasn't his name wasn't Huggy Bear, it was Honey Bear. Yeah, it was Honey Bear. It was Floyd. Sean had it wrong for years. <laughs> it was Floyd Honey Bear. And where did he get that from? Brad Pitt. True Romance. Yeah, Brad Pitt's character on True Romance smoked weed yep. out of a fucking Honey Bear yep. uh, squeeze bottle. And <laughs> that's where he turned it into his a fucking hitter. name. <laughs> yeah, Honey Bear. So, okay. It's kind of a wow. theme there with Sean, I think. Yeah, so ah, Jeffrey Don Spigoli. Yeah, a, a, a stoner. Oh, yeah. A stoner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I believe we're on to something. <laughs> but yeah, and so and uh, so next time I run Shadowrun, I will run it uh, here. It'll be fourth edition, and I'm even thinking about doing maybe kind of like what Mike does for the D and D campaign, blocking it, doing an audio blog. That would be awesome. What's going on? So <laughs> until next week, follow us on Twitter. We are at Gamers Table, and like us on Facebook. You have been listening to Gamers Table, brought to you by Side Tangent Productions. Visit us at www.gamerstable.com. Products and intellectual property discussed during this podcast are the properties of their respective owners. This production is for entertainment purposes only. Any commercial broadcast is prohibited without the express consent from Side Tangent Productions.